The Department of Justice admits they took things from the Trump residence that they shouldn't have taken. FBI whistleblowers coming forward in mass racist policies in our educational systems and our corporations and more on this 200th episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode number 200 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And yes, episode number 200 here of the Random Thoughts Podcast. Time flies when you're having fun. I do hope you're enjoying listening to these shows, getting something out of them. And today is just going to be another show. I was thinking, what could you do special? Maybe do a look back on the things we've gotten right, the things we've gotten wrong, where we were first, things that need to be revisited. And we may do that at some point, but there is just way too much insanity going on in the world today that I thought the best thing to do was just do a show and talk about the insanity of things like the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid, which we talked about on the last episode, but way more information has come to light. Way more information has been released. And there is a non-stop barrage of idiots on all sides of this. And this was no clearer Then with the story that broke that Donald Trump said, among other things, the FBI had removed three of his passports from the Mar-a-Lago residence. One of them was expired. Then one was a normal passport, such as you and I might have. And one was a diplomatic passport that, you know, like a president may have. And Trump came out and said, hey, part of what the FBI raid took were these passports. And immediately the Department of Justice said, no, that's not true. And everybody bought into that. If you go down the line and look at the usual blue check marks, on Twitter, you're getting the ah ha ha Trump lying, Trump lies, Trump lies about everything, Trump lied, Trump say oh Trump's a liar, lie, 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 lie. All Trump does is lie. And then the unfortunate for them, the information came out that the FBI did take Trump's passports. It was beyond the scope of things they should have taken. And the FBI, Department of Justice. Now saying those will be returned to the president, but you saw the reaction to this gives you everything you need to know about politics in the United States today. You have the rabid anti-Trump brigade, and that's not going to change, but they're going to come out and spew all sorts of hatred. They'll tell you Trump lies about everything. 
but it turns out is, uh, yet again, they are wrong. Donald Trump, absolutely right. The other things removed were things like privileged documents, you know, attorney-client privilege and all that. So you can't just go into somebody's residence. And if there is communication between somebody and their lawyer, you can't just go, oh, well, we found it. We can use it. No, there is such a thing as privileged information. And that is for you and me as well as the president. Anything between the lawyer and them is not able to be used or seized by the FBI. One of the more interesting things, I guess, was a file which dealt with the presidential pardon of Roger Stone. And this is where the speculation then starts beginning. Because the question would come up, well, this was a presidential pardon. I don't think anybody, well, I shouldn't say anybody. I think there's a lot of lunatics out there who will believe anything Trump did was wrong, even though it's exactly to the letter of the law and exactly what previous presidents have done. In the case of Roger Stone, he was also involved with the January 6th stuff. So the speculation at this point is that this may have been nothing more than a fishing expedition looking for dirt, looking for evidence about the January 6th incident at the Capitol. And if that's the case, the FBI is going to have a lot to answer for. Now, the Department of Justice, because of this relevation that they have taken things from the Trump residents that they should not have, has designated a process for separating those materials and working on getting those back to Trump within a couple of weeks, according to sources. I mean, I know sources, unnamed sources. But this is exactly what should have been in place from moment one. If the Department of Justice, FBI really wanted to cover their derrieres going into a raid like this, which you knew was going to be front page news when you're going in and raiding the residence of a former president that is going to be the main thing in the news cycle for a long long time and knowing this you want to cover the bases you don't want to make any mistakes if you're the fbi and you're actually trying to do your job that is Now, if this was all politically motivated to give the talking heads on television and radio something to talk about, then maybe that's a little bit different. But if you're really looking to make a case in a high profile situation like this, the FBI goes in and most likely the first wave of people that go into the house to work on this search warrant. They would be the ones that go in and are not related to that case, that their job would be to specifically say, well, oh, okay, there's this, this, and this, which is not part of this warrant. And we want to make sure that this is kept separately so it is not removed from the residence one, like Trump's passports were. 
and two, to make sure that they don't end up taking documents that are attorney-client privilege or anything that's not covered under this, because at that point, you are now dealing with an overreach. You're dealing with the possibility that the improper execution of the warrant would lead to good evidence that you would have otherwise been collecting not being admissible because you totally botched the whole operation. So it's a very interesting thing to look at because there's no question at this point that they removed things from the Trump residence that they were legally not supposed to remove. And then the question becomes, why? Is it because the FBI is completely incompetent, which is possible? Is it that they were trying to get a look at confidential and privileged documents that they otherwise couldn't take a look at? And I think we all understand that aspect of this, which is, well, okay, if you get paperwork that details conversations between Trump and his legal team, then you know you can't use those documents. But we also know that could very easily put the investigators, if there was something improper in there, if there was a smoking gun that was mentioned in these kind of documents, then the FBI can take that and work their hardest to try to figure out another pathway to discover the same information. But if it's ever discovered, that they got there because of improperly having access to documents that were privileged, then you have a whole nother case and it's going to get thrown out because legally you can't do that in the United States. You can't use evidence that you found illegally to then come up with new evidence or to find it in a different way. So it's going to be a very interesting legal battle at this point. And there's still talk of the DOJ like, well, this is just the first inning. It's like, what? What more do you? And this is the insanity of the Trump-Russia collusion, the Trump impeachment, the January 6th stuff. It's always, well, there's more coming. Well, how about you just get the evidence out immediately and show the people what you have? Because I don't think there's any question that there have been federal agencies actively working against the sitting president when Trump is in office. And there's definitely a black eye on the FBI from that experience. But now here we are into the Biden administration, and it would appear that the FBI and the Department of Justice are actively working against Donald Trump not just to say they're doing their job because they should do their job. If there was something illegal that happened, they should definitely be looking into that. But without evidence, raiding a president's house is just not done. And it should also send some shockwaves through the likes of Hillary Clinton because when the pendulum swings the other way, they may be looking at her, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but 
the FBI and this raid at Mar-a-Lago, there has been some interesting fallout from this already. According to Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, and if you follow politics, you know that Representative Jordan is as far to the conservative side as AOC is to the liberal side. And we know there's massive bias on both sides, so take that for what it is. But according to Representative Jordan, quote, 14 FBI agents have come to our office as whistleblowers, and they are good people. There are lots of good people in the FBI. It's the top that is the problem. Some of these good agents are coming to us, telling us what's going on, the political nature now of the Justice Department, end quote. And that was a combination of a couple of things, but you get the idea that according to Representative Jordan, following the FBI raid at Trump's residence, 14 FBI agents, according to Jordan, have come forward with concerns about with how the agency and the Justice Department are dealing with Donald Trump. I mean, we all know there are bad cops out there. We all know there are bad federal agents. I mean, you're never going to be 100%. But when it's going from the top down, the corruption, you're going to see something like this. And it's interesting to see that 14 FBI agents, that's a pretty decent amount coming forward saying, you know, hey, we have a problem with this, which just further adds credence to Donald Trump's case that he is being wrongfully targeted and that they are investigating him only for political means, not because there's any any evidence of a wrongdoing, but because, again, we know this is going to be on the nightly news, and it seems that the Democrats hope that it will be detrimental to Donald Trump's chances at once again holding the highest office in the land and what the polls are showing unfortunate for the democrats is that this kind of stuff is only helping donald trump it seems to be firmly putting the martyr tag on him where people that maybe six months ago would have been like, well, Trump, he causes too many problems. He's a bloviator. He's too full of himself. And we really don't need that in the White House again. Are thinking, you know, this guy maybe deserves a shot because of the persecution he is getting from the other side. And if the other side would actually have evidence of some kind of wrongdoing, that would be a game changer. If there was actually evidence. If there is a smoking gun that Donald Trump did something egregious, like selling nuclear secrets to Iran, something like that, then, of course, his career politically is done and then he's probably going to jail. But if the Democrat Party and the DOJ and the FBI turn into the people that just keep crying wolf without having any proof, then that could really help Donald Trump's chances of once again being elected 
president of the United States. Republican lawmakers who are paying very close attention to this are talking about what would happen when the inevitable, I think, happens unless uh, we're living in a completely corrupt country because the pendulum always swings in the United States. And the Republican lawmakers are now going, you know, hey, when we take power again, things are going to be looked into. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy wrote on Trump's Truth Social, quote, I've had enough. The Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. When Republicans take back the House, we will conduct immediate oversight of this department, follow the facts, and leave no stone unturned. Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar. End quote. Again, that's House Minority Leader. Kevin McCarthy, of course, writing on Truth Social, which is uh, a social media platform much like Twitter, but run by the Trump organization. I believe I talked about that briefly. I don't know if it was here or not of going to join Truth Social. And then they were like, well, we need your cell phone number. And I'm like, nope, sorry about that. And they wouldn't let me use a Google voice number. So it's like, no, no, not really worth it. I mean, I get what they're trying to do which is verify that there's an actual person on the other end and who that person is. But that's certainly not a list that I want to be on at this point. Another Republican lawmaker chiming in was Republican Senator Chuck Grassley, who said on Saturday, quote, if I'm in the majority and I'm chairman of the Judiciary Committee, again, I intend to pursue all of these things until we get to the bottom of it, end quote. Now, I don't think that's any surprise. This is political posturing as we would expect it to be. But there will be an investigation, I believe, at some point into what is going on behind the scenes with things like this Trump raid, FBI whistleblowers. According to reports, and again, anonymous sources and all that, so take it for what you will, things like the FBI and Justice Department working to falsely discredit the Hunter Biden information. And I don't think that's a surprise to anybody because when you follow this story, you see, wow, there's this laptop and the story comes out and the Democrats, like they were yelling, Trump lied about the passports being taken. All the Democrats and all the talking heads on television were like, no, no, Hunter Biden, this isn't even his laptop. And then it turns out that it is. So it's no surprise. It's funny that the people on the left think Donald Trump does nothing but lie, lie, lie. But I think that all of those left leaning talking heads are lying pretty much all the time, which is why it's hard to get anywhere in this country other things with the fbi whistleblowers were that they were trumping up charges on trump you know pun intended and also that there was a push within the department of justice to reclassify some cases as domestic violent extremist cases to prove statistical support for the biden narrative 
that Trump was a grave danger and threat to the United States. And it's interesting because that's also what you're hearing from the left at this point is, oh, no, all of these people are so angry that maybe they're going to have terrorist attacks. You mean they're angry because of the exact stuff that the Democrats have been doing to make people angry, like raiding a former president's house without explaining exactly why they're doing so. And they haven't explained it yet a week later. That's making people mad. The persecution of an individual, in this case, Donald Trump, because of their political party and their political stance is not accepted in the United States. It's also why people are so upset over what happened with the January 6th incident at the Capitol, which is, yeah, there's no question some people got out of control, but the penalties that are being brought down on those people are magnitudes more severe than anything brought down on people that were a part of the riots of the George Floyd time. So why is that? Well, you can make the case that they're being treated differently because of their political orientation or because of the color of their skin. And in the United States, that's not supposed to be the way things work. The concept in the United States was that the Justice Department should be colorblind, that things should be equally applied to all. If somebody commits a crime, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. You pay the same price for committing the crime if you are convicted of it. Well, that is not what is currently going on here in the United States. A story that's been covered quite a bit, the Washington Examiner doing a really good job with it. Headline, white teachers must be laid off first under Minneapolis agreement. Quote, white teachers must be laid off or reassigned first before educators of color under the terms of a Minneapolis teachers union contract between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers Union and the school district. The contract's educators of color protection section states that if a non-white teacher is subject to excess or being fired, that means the district must instead excess a white teacher with the next least seniority. According to the Alpha News, the agreement was made on March 25th between the Minneapolis Federation of Teachers and the district to end a 14-day teacher strike. The Sunday report stated, end quote. So, yeah, this is what we're down to now. The concept of being colorblind in the United States, long gone. The concept of equity is now here, which means we have to look at all groups. And for whatever reason, they want to intentionally now start looking at the color of somebody's skin and say, hey, wait, wait, we don't have enough people that look like this. So we're going to fire the people that look like that instead, which is just pure and utter racism. I don't know how else you can explain this, but this is exactly what it is. This is in now. If you're a teacher in Minneapolis, I'd get the hell out unless, you know, you're not white because uh, the deck is now stacked firmly against you. 
having the seniority, having the ability no longer matters. It just matters. Well, no wait, we can't fire the black and brown people. So we'll fire the white people. Even if they are more qualified fire, doesn't matter. It's all about skin color now. And this is not fairness. This is not equality. And I know I'm a big white guy, so I have a bias in this. But I think it makes way more sense for everybody to be treated equally based upon their abilities. There's a lot more black guys in the NBA. I mean, why don't we bring this same type of thinking here? Why don't we force every team to have X amount of white guys under five feet tall? I think that's only fair, don't you? This is absolute insanity that the teachers union shows you what the priorities are with the teachers union. It's not teaching the children. It is about pushing equity, not pushing equality. It is all about race. It is not about ability. It is not about anything except race. That's it. That's all it is. That's all that's important to these people. And it is sick. It is absolutely sick that you start putting in racist policies in order to, you know, air quotes, fight racism and the air quotes. It makes no sense. But a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. I've talked about it before when I open up the website for the retailer target and overall i like target i don't think there's bad people necessarily at target but the first thing you see at target is whoa here buy black owned businesses and i have to wonder again then why is there only a tab there for black owned businesses what about why don't you have a tab then for white owned businesses and uh asian owned uh, in businesses and uh latin owned businesses and male-owned businesses, female-owned. We should break everything down by the color of somebody's skin, what genitalia they have, or what they say they are. That's all way more important than, you know, the product being good. Why don't we just let all products stand on their own and the good products sell and the bad products don't? I mean, this is the hilarity in all of this. Like, well, no, you'd much rather buy from a company because of who it's owned by instead of whether you're buying a quality product or not. And I don't think most Americans buy into this. I don't care what color you are. I don't think they buy into this. If you're producing a quality product, I'll buy it. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't. If you make a good product, I'll buy it. But it's a very slippery slope and a dangerous thing to start highlighting, well, these products are owned by this subgroup and this product is owned by this subgroup. It's insanity. It is not equality. It is not being colorblind. We are now being forced to be the exact opposite. Which is why I'm thinking Martin Luther King's really getting pushed out in all this because he was very clear in the world that he imagined for his children that it would be a world where people of all skin colors were treated equally and could intermingle peacefully. And that's not what we have now. It is all about segregation and separation. All the things that were being fought 
against are now what is being embraced in the name of the woke ideology. And it is absolutely detrimental to our society. And it is dangerous if this kind of stuff is allowed to go on because this just breeds more problems, more discontent. But again, I've mentioned it a thousand times, the weather underground. Well, you got to make the blacks fight with the whites. You got to make the rich fight with the poor. You got to make the citizens fight with the police and on and on and on. And we are buying into it as a society. And it is disgusting. The same can be said for an article in the New York Business Daily written by a guy named Andy. I'm going to butcher the last name, so I'm not even going to try. It is spelled N-G-H-I-E-M. And according to this article, quote, American Express released its 2022 ESG report this week, and the company is placing equity above merit and race consciousness above race blindness. The report proves why, once again, the company deserves to be dubbed un-American Express says Color Us United, a nonpartisan nonprofit that aims to abolish controversial race-based programming sweeping corporate workplaces rather than support the fundamental principles upon which America and the company were founded. Un-American Express is trying to be the wokest company in America, end quote. And this is yet again the same issue. That's going on in Minneapolis, which is, well, when we're deciding who we're going to do business with, we're going to look at the color of their skin first and foremost. And I don't know. Again, I believe that's 100 percent wrong. And overall, I mean, there's a lot of good perks that I've gotten with my American Express card, but it's going to be hard to continue doing business with American Express if this is their corporate culture. People need to speak with their dollar because that's all that really makes an imprint here in the United States and reach out to these companies and tell them what you think they're doing is wrong and they should treat people based upon their ability and the merits of what they can and cannot bring to the table rather than simply by what they look like. The New York Business Daily article goes on to say, quote, American Express is going to cut ties with suppliers based on race with a goal to double annual spend with unrepresented owned suppliers in the U.S. from a 2019 baseline to 750 million by the end of 2024, including increasing spend with black owned suppliers to at least 100 million annually thus poor white men that struggle to start and operate a company need not apply end quote so again this is another company that is now into ingraining within their culture choosing who to hire who to fire who to do business with strictly based upon the color of somebody's skin and that is a problem The article did finish strong, which I found humorous with, quote, the company noted that hiring and promotions for non-white and female employees were increasing, including bragging about the fact that median pay for women globally at American Express 
was 106.7% of the median pay for men. The article points out apparently equity wasn't the goal after all. Again, signaling that white men, no matter their background, their years of service or talents, have little hope for advancement at Amex, end quote. So, yeah. So it's great that these groups are making more than white guys. But then that's not equality. This is a problem. This is racism. This is sexism. This is exactly what it is. And this is what people should be fighting against. In putting in more racist policies and more sexist policies to supposedly right the wrongs of the past are only going to create more wrongs. They are not going to right anything at all. Simply going to cause more problems, going to cause more strife. Then again, we've been telling you all along, there's a lot of people on the left that their only goal is to crash the system. And this seems to be going right down that same pathway. We all know things are becoming more and more expensive. This is crystal clear in the latest report about just how much people in the United States are spending on average to purchase a new vehicle. Now, I remember back in the day when they started doing all of these 0% promotions and they started extending more and more exactly how long the loans were good for, because it was usually three years was the normal car loan. If you really wanted to finance a more expensive vehicle, well, you could extend it to a five-year car loan. Now, the average car loan is just about six years and the average monthly payment for a new car. This isn't for a top of the line luxury vehicle. This is for the average car payment on a new vehicle in the United States, $702 a month. That's about $23 a day for six years to pay off a vehicle. It is absolutely insane. If you're a two-car household, you're now paying more for those two new vehicles than you would have spent for your mortgage or your rent just a few years ago. Biden inflation is real. I mean, it's not the Putin price hike here, hate to tell you. This is the result of some really bad policies. And this is not a good sign moving forward. The housing market, as we have been telling you, is crashing. You know, now maybe people will just have to sleep in their cars, but that's going to cost you $702 a month on average for a new car. I don't even want to know what that is for a nice decked out SUV from Lincoln or Cadillac or somebody that's not a middle of the road automaker. The cost people are paying, the price they are paying, I should say, well, the cost as well. And there is a difference between price and cost being that the price is a one-time thing. The cost you figure in in the long time. Oh, you might pay $5 for something today, but if that saves you a dollar a week for the next 20 years, well, then the cost really changes. So there's a difference between price and cost. Either way, the amounts that we are talking about here are absolutely insane. And unfortunately, because of this, the price you're paying for used cars, which used to be really, really cheap, now have skyrocketed once again 
thanks to Biden inflation, thanks to the supply chain problems, a lot of things kind of kicked into effect with all of the COVID lockdowns. Now that we're warring with China, it's going to be harder to keep getting chips for a lot of these things. So I don't think we've seen the apex yet of the pricing going up and all of this stuff. So I would say don't buy new. Look for a bargain if you can. Spend some time trying to find that little old lady down the street, maybe who only used her car to go to church. That's probably what you want at this point, rather than investing the money in a brand new car that's only going to depreciate the minute you drive it off the lot. But now, thanks to Biden inflation, at least that depreciation has gone down a little. But you're paying $700 a month to buy the average new car and finance it over six years. Just imagine what that monthly payment would be if you wanted to pay that same thing. Well, it's fairly easy. I mean, I'm not a math wizard, but if you're paying $700 a month for a six-year loan, I know it's simplifying it slightly because there's interest payments and all that, but that would mean if you wanted to pay it off in three years, $1,400 plus a month, purely, purely insanity. I know we've talked about a few ways to try to help you save money over the last few episodes, especially thanks to Biden inflation. And one that I just wanted to mention today, because I used this a couple of times this past week, is be aware of rebates that are available from your power company and other utilities if possible. But I know ComEd, our electric company here, has been doing this for years and they seem to keep expanding it, which doesn't seem to be the most green friendly thing, but I don't really care about the green stuff with ComEd. If you buy certain products that fall into certain categories, as long as they are energy star compliant, and you've probably seen that blue logo on all sorts of different electronic boxes, the electric company in this case, ComEd, will give you a rebate things like air purifiers washers and dryers dehumidifiers refrigerators ventilation fans and even a hot cold water dispenser well i'd like to run air purifiers the wife has really bad allergies and the air purifiers seem to do some good as long as they're the hepa filter kind and you just let them run and it takes some of the impurities out of the air if you have one of those you know that the filters themselves can cost $20, $30, $50 a piece. And you can sometimes find the air purifiers on sale at places like Amazon or Costco fairly cheaply. And I jumped on one because the main air purifier we've been running is a Bissell unit, the Air 400 that I really like, that retails for like 300 bucks. Got one on Woot uh, a few years ago when it was at a really good price and it wound up on Woot again this past week for $149. And I was well aware that ComEd offers a $50 rebate. I think you can get up to six air purifiers and uh, dehumidifiers, which we also recently got. But I knew that, hey, that $149 is really more like $99. So I grabbed one of those. And it was fresh in my mind that I just had to buy this particular unit has two different filters that go into it that you're supposed to replace like every six months. 
And the two filters themselves run about 40, 45 bucks for the two. So this, I figured, was a really good deal on the unit. I snatched one of those up as well as a fairly new dehumidifier for the basement. We had one that ended up being recalled because they were lighting on fire, which I mean, that would take care of a lot of the humidity. But we only had a really old unit that was not all that energy efficient down there. So picked up one of those as well on a Costco special and went for the $45 rebate on the dehumidifier and the $50 rebate on the air purifier. If there are things you're going to buy anyway, you may as well look to try to get the best possible deals that you can. Your mileage may vary depending on your electric company, but check with your utilities to see if they offer rebates if you buy products that they want, in this case, to be Energy Star compliant but every little bit helps. If you have any tips of your own, feel free to reach out to me at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com. And I hope you're enjoying these shows. Again, episode number 200, a lot of fanfare, very few donations to support the show, but I get it, I do. It's the Biden economy. Things were rolling along just fine. People were throwing money at all the podcasts they listened to left and right. And then gas and food went into the skyrocketing orbit that they're in now. And all I'll say is if you've gotten any value out of the show, then just mentally mark it down. And when you can send some value back to us by going to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate using the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or the wallet addresses if you want to do the cryptocurrency thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the check money order cash way. You can go to patreon.com slash random thoughts. If you're already in the Patreon ecosystem, you can go that route. And if you are on a podcasting 2.0 compliant app, and if you're not, you want to check those out, newpodcastapps.com, you can boost us. Right now, send a message with the Boostagram. It's all magic. The Satoshi stream and all of those are great ways to show value back to the podcast that you listen to. Today, I have two people to thank. One, mainly because my post office box email that normally gets triggered, I somehow missed one a few weeks ago. And I should have known I was missing this one because our buddy Chudakuki comes in monthly with his $15 donation, and that is very much appreciated. So that's been sitting there a little while. So if you're listening, chew to kooky, that's why this is a little bit late. And our buddy, Johnny Hipwell, otherwise known as Johnny from Canada, coming in with $3.33, the magic number for this show. And that is appreciated, Johnny. I know Johnny's always listening up there in the great white north. Hope things are getting a little better there. I mean, winter's coming, so that can only mean good things in Canada, right? You got to get Justin Trudeau on a sled with a bunch of sled dogs and then just send him out into the wilderness and see whether or not he makes his way back. Don't worry, we'll send Joe Biden out to help. And you know what a big help he would be. But thank you to everybody who gives us their time, listens to this show and the other shows that I do. I hope you're enjoying what you're getting. It's always fun to hang out with you for a bit. As always, you can reach out to me via email, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com or on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. -L. And if you're in the Fediverse, 
You can find us at Darren O'Neill again, same spelling at noagendasocial.com. Let me know. Do you think this show is on the right track? 200? Should we be pulling the plug? Should we be doing more? I don't know. I'm having fun though. So I'm guessing there will be at least a few more. With that said, I will be back again next week with another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast, maybe on Tuesday. This may be the new day. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 